time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Right Conversations. Today is episode 50, which is fucking wild. Uh, And I am so excited to introduce you to Kiana Reeves today. We're going to be talking all about taking charge of your sexual wellness with many different aspects of this. So Kiana, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know who you are, will you give a little background as to who you are, what you do, and then we'll dive into our our topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wear a lot of hats and a lot of titles. My, (laughs) you know, formal education background and my personal life and my private practice is all around sex education. So I'm a somatic sex educator, a sexological body worker, Um, I've had a private practice doing intravaginal pelvic work for quite a number of years. I'm also a doula, full spectrum doula, and have been for almost two decades now, which is crazy. And uh, I'm the chief content officer at Foria, which is a sexual wellness brand. And I run all of our, you know, voice and tone and what we talk about and what subject matter we speak to. Amazing. Amazing. So how did you wind up with Foria? Why Foria? And how does that align with the work that you were doing before and and still continue to do? It's a good question. You know, I I was at a summit this last weekend. It was a sexology summit. And I really realized like the impact of being both someone with their foot on the ground in private practice, you know, with clients in the field of needing support with their sex lives and having a foot in the brand world and helping brands understand like what we need to talk about. And it was a little bit of happenstance, luck, um, serendipity, but I was at the time that I met one of our co-founders, I was running my own company that was really focused on female sexual health. And Foria was really, really tiny. We had like three people and um, I kind of was not wanting to be an a solo entrepreneur anymore. Mm, uh-huh. And so it just so happened that our particular direction that we were looking at in the industry was very aligned. And I was able to come on as a female counterpart, as a woman with a, you know, my perspective and my background and really help the brand grow in the direction it has over the last six years in terms of who we're speaking to, what we're speaking about, what kind of products we're making. Um, And I think that piece is really important because I'm sure you feel this way too. It's part of the reason that you want your reach as an educator and as someone who supports people in exploring their sexuality, you want your reach to be broader than just one-on-one client meetings because you have more impact and you have more of an opportunity to help unwind this shame and the stigma that exists so deeply in, you know, the, the culture that we live in. So beautiful. I, yeah. 
uh, amen to all of that. So <laughs> to kind of start down this road, I, I wanted to bring up, there's, there's a few little bullets that I want to hit on today. And as we were just talking about before I hit record and, and everyone listening knows this is like, these episodes are supposed to be truly everyone listening in on a conversation between us. And so I don't want it to be so much of like, please tell us about this thing. Um, but I do have things that I want to make sure we hit on. So I wanted to kind of talk about the orgasm gap and kind of how folks can often use the term sexual wellness as either a synonym for sexual health or a synonym for the orgasm gap or a synonym for another thing. <laughs> and yeah. and it's so much more. And so I wanted to just kind of ask you, what does sexual wellness mean to you? And and what does the orgasm gap have to do with it? And why is it more than that? And kind of that genre. You know, sexual wellness is this umbrella term that a lot of different industry professionals have started using to speak to a number of ideas. That's why it's an umbrella. So it speaks to pleasure. It speaks to sexual health. It speaks to well-being. And what's useful and what I really love about it is that it brings into our awareness that sex isn't just some hedonistic thing that we do when we have the time and space. It's actually starts to help us position sex in our lives as something that deeply contributes to our well-being, which is a crucial shift culturally in our understanding of how we relate to ourselves sexually. Um, but as you spoke to, it really does. It speaks to the, the pleasure gap and the orgasm gap. It speaks to, you know, UTIs and yeast infections and the vaginal microbiome. It speaks to any product or experience that relates to your sexuality. And so it's, it's very broad in that sense. And for yourself, how would you define it? I would define sexual wellness as a whole and full body integration of your sexuality into your conscious awareness and daily life. And that in a similar way would mirror, you know, how we think about our well-being. What do I eat? Uh, how do I exercise? How do I sleep? You look at it from this holistic perspective. And we can do that with our, our sexuality in the same way. You know, how are my emotions? How is my body? How are my hormones? How are the products that I'm using? How are my partners? How am I relating to my partners? And you get a much broader perspective than this kind of singular view that we've we've had for a very long time that's i love that definition well, so you. what do you do personally and how do you work with clients around prioritizing sexual wellness mm -hmm. it's a really good question so for for myself personally i'm someone who has gone through a lot of different types of connection with myself as a sexual being, a lot of different identities, yeah. a lot of different understandings. And you can relate to that. Yeah, I'm sure you can. So <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, it's an evolving journey and relationship that I have with myself and understanding how important and how valuable this essential part of me is. And you know, like coming out of college and really like heavily identifying as a queer woman and being in queer partnerships for a very long time, 
Um, and then going into motherhood, which was a whole different set of events and experiences and relating with my body in a different way. And then going through the process of the postpartum and, and breastfeeding where my libido was like a roller coaster that was on very low rumble for a very long time and then would have these huge peaks and valleys. Um, I feel like I've had a very broad sense of experiences in different realms around what sexual wellness means to me. And for me, my practice is the most valuable when I stay completely committed to supporting my own feeling of my own eroticism. Because so many, like so many of us like have to tune that out all day long. We have to, you know, sit at a computer. We have to get all of these things done. We have to tend to the people in our life, tend to our house, tend to our jobs. And there's something about being committed to feeling your own eroticism, your own pleasure, your own heart, your yearning for connection. Because at the heart, you know, our sexuality is like really a part of us that's expressing ourselves and also a part of us that's yearning to connect with another. And um, I really see it as like a spiritual practice. It's like, it's where mm. I find God. It's where I find divinity. It's where I, I see that in my partner. It's where I find it in myself. Um, so for me, like that sexual wellness is like, it's my church. It's like where I go to know more about myself and discover more about life. And I in my... That. <laughs> and then in my private practice, so much of what I'm working with folks on is, you know, deconditioning and working through just generations and decades of personal and familial and societal shame and also a personal familial and societal habit and dissociation from our bodies and our pleasure. And you can probably relate to this with the clients that you see, but you know, mm. I have people coming to me being like so eager to mm. like so yearning to know this part of themselves in a deeper way. They have that sense that like, I know that this is so much more than I'm experiencing currently. Like how do I get from here to what I know is possible? And the fact that we know something more is possible means it's intrinsic to us, like it's an intrinsic sense that we know sex is like the biggest nourishment that we can possibly experience. Um, but my private practice is like, what gets in the way? If I could simplify it, helping with the things that get in the way of being able to experience transcendent euphoric connection and pleasure. So if someone is listening to this and they're thinking about how they struggle to prioritize their sexual wellness, what would you recommend they do? Mm, great question. You're full of great questions. Hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one would be to slow down because so much of what we're taught very topically about sex is that it's goal oriented focused experience where we either have to masturbate so that we can reach an orgasm or we connect with our partners so that we're connected. And then, you know, we leave that experience pretty quickly. And what, what makes a sexual experience transcendent and 
surprising and completely, you know, life altering is the moments when you are just in your curiosity and you're in the the purest expression of what your body Mm -hmm. is communicating to you. And the body has to have, you know, this, like the mind has to quiet, the body has to get loud and be the communicator in these experiences. And uh, we can't do that if we're having highly dysregulated nervous systems. And if we're striving for a goal or forcing something to be a certain way. And so um, for me with clients, it's just, it's bringing them back. And like all of my work is really through embodiment and sensuality and working with the nervous system and then kind of working with repatterning either with themselves or with partners, like finding new pathways basically. Um, So we'll do lots and lots and lots of pleasure practices, lots and lots and lots of emotional practices where you're actually clearing stored emotion that's just like in the body been held in the subconscious and in the body for who knows how long so that you can actually be present and in the moment with what's what's true in the moment oh it's so much easier said than done it's so and much easier said than done yeah <laughs> I have a lot of friends who uh, work with the nervous system. And of course, as a therapist, I do too. But I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a, like a somatic worker, mm-hmm. although we do work with it even when folks don't realize we're working with it, which sure, is very yeah. fun. Um, but I, I remember personally the first time I became aware of my own nervous system's response and just how both in service and in the way that can get (laughs) in terms of sex, sexual connection, sexual health, sexual wellness, all of that. Another, I'm going to like sharp left. I mean, it's not a sharp left. It's a (laughs) little bit of a sharp left. Great. (laughs) Um, On my list of little bullets, I want to make sure we get to. Um, With your work, both in private practice and with Foria, I know that under the umbrella of sexual wellness comes sexual health. And I'm curious what you want people to know about sexual health from your lens of work? Mm. Well, I was just talking about this this morning with someone, how we're a very intergenerational company, Aphoria. And what's been a fascinating thing about that is, you know, folks who are younger, like millennial and beyond, um, we've grown up in the time of the destigmatization of sex so to speak. I mean, we're in the process of it. It's not fully destigmatized, but we're growing up knowing that there's, there's more and more options available to support us. And even still, there's so many things that we are used to living with that we don't need to live with. And these are things like, you know, for folks who are in menopause, the conversation I was having is like a lot of folks going through menopause or beyond menopause don't know that there's like support for a lot of the concerns and, and challenges that come with menopause. You know, they're like given KY yeah. jelly when they <laughs> go through and they're like, you know, have a, have a fun time. Someone told me that her doctor, when she started saying that she was having painful sex with menopause, her doctor said, 
oh, well, you've had enough sex by now. <gasps> you know, no. so oh, yeah, I was like, get a new doctor immediately. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. that What? Right. But the idea of that is like, you know, we have the opportunity to really, really get our needs met in a, on a number of fronts with sexual health, whether that's, you know, natural support for chronic BV or yeast infections or um, period cramps that are horrendous every month that you never had any alternatives for besides mydol or, um, you know, lubrication because you're either going through a hormonal change or a, a pharmaceutical is impacting the way that you produce lubrication. Like there are so many incredible like-minded brands in this space alongside Foria, really doing the work to look at these need sets across the lifespan. And that's, that's really like what our goal is at this point is like the need sets across the female lifespan, all of the ones that have been at the forefront of our experiences, all of the ones that are so common, so impactful to our life and our sense of well-being, And a lot of the ones that have been, you know, forgotten or just not addressed, like that's our purpose. And in that space, like what I hope people understand is that beyond self-advocacy, there, there are just so many people here to support, like wanting to support you, wanting you to feel good in your body, wanting to help you, you know, stay connected to this source of I don't know what else to call it, infinite inspiration and vitality, which is what sex provides for us, you know, great sex and great mm-hmm. connection. Um, and that there's so many pathways to do that with. So yeah, I just, I, I feel, really feel for people who have had concerns and issues and brought them to their medical providers or have had pain for so long or are sitting with a set of uh, concerns that they haven't really had solutions or options shared with them. And, you know, keep looking. There are people working on these things day in and day out to support you. You've probably figured this out by yourself by now, but if you own a vulva, did you know that there is a three in five chance that having penetrative sex doesn't result in an orgasm? Enter Zumio. (laughs) Zumio is a -a one-of-a-kind toy with the sole purpose of providing a unique, stimulating experience. And guess what? It doesn't even vibrate. It rotates with a concentrated pinpoint energy that allows you to control how and where you use it. There are four different models specifically designed for your personal intensity preferences. And Zumio is great for vulva mapping and exploring the rest of your body, whether that is solo or with a partner. Check out www.myzumio.com slash Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-E-L, for a special discount for the Right Conversations listeners and take control of your orgasms today. It sounds like similar to sexual wellness, that the focus for different people is so different. And yet one thing that we can all agree on is that we need to ask for support and we need to prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the the consistent things that I'm hearing and everything that you're saying is like, reach out for support, 
And if you, if somebody that is supposed to offer you support doesn't like that asshole doctor, find <laughs> yeah. someone else exactly. <laughs> because there's someone out there that will, and mm-hmm. don't give up on yourself because it's mm-hmm. incredibly important. Mm-hmm. As you know, as scary as the internet can be, it's your best friend in this situation. Yeah. Because there's, there's so many people doing, making amazing products. Like, I mean, this is our heart and soul. We, this is a mission we live day in, day out. And we can't always reach the people we want to make reach because of advertising. But if you're yeah. looking, you know, you're typing your, your concerns into our friend Google and saying like, and you do your work and you start doing your research, you will find people who are looking to meet you and support you. So uh, yeah, it's incredibly important. We, we talked about what sexual wellness is. We talked about prioritizing it. We talked about sexual health and before we move into pleasure, um, I'm curious, you know, we, we titled this episode, taking charge of your sexual wellness. And I'm curious what that means to you. Mm. Taking charge of your sexual wellness to me means really recognizing that your eroticism and your sexuality is your own. It's in your hands. It's not in the hands of your partner. It's not in the hands of your doctor. It's not in the hands of your, you know, the whim of your emotions. It actually, it's a, it's a part of your psyche and your spirit and your being and your body and it's integrated into all aspects of who you are and if you don't tend to it and taking charge of it is just mean like i'm owning this part of myself if you don't tend to it nobody else will you know a lot of times especially this comes to like sex drive and libido a lot of people think that it's fluctuating based on their relationship or you know, the moon or their mood or whatever. It's at the end of the day, you have so much agency in your libido. And there's so many ways to connect with and stoke the fire of your sex drive. The same thing with, you know, how you're connecting with your partner, if you have one. The same goes for, um, you know, the health of your pelvic floor, which is another component of sexual wellness, which is so important. Same goes for how you experience pleasure, how you communicate. So there's all of these components. And if you are not the front and first advocate for all of these parts of yourselves, no one else will be. And you won't, well, you won't be able to have the opportunity to experience the, um, the greatness within you that is possible in these sexual experiences we are blessed to be able to have in our lives. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue. How do you recommend someone support their own relationship with pleasure? I have a really a practice that's really important to me that I learned from my one of my teachers, John Wineland, and then infused with lots and lots of my other studies. But it's essentially it's like a daily yoga practice, but for pleasure. And so it's so awesome. It's, I get into my little, I have a little room with an altar and I mean, you could do this in your bedroom, you could do this in the shower, but a space where you can get on your hands and knees and roll around on the floor, put on your favorite music and let your body express. So you're not dancing to the music. You're actually using the tools of embodiment 
which is breath, sound, and movement. And you're allowing your body to start to listen. You're developing those muscles, like we talked about earlier, of listening to what your body wants to say and expressing it. So you're connecting the impulse of the body with the action of the impulse. And that starts to really strengthen our nervous system's trust with our own ability to listen and protect ourselves. That's one of the key things that happens with trauma or with nervous system dysregulation is there can be a disconnect between what the body is telling us and what we're actually doing. And so a a part of nervous system repair is that ability and that skill set to listen to the signals of the body, the wisdom of the body, call it true, let it be true, let it express through your voice, let it express through your movements, let it express through your breath. And what starts to happen is the, um, the tension we hold, the stress we hold, all of the subconscious emotion we hold starts to dissipate. And at this point, people might be like, yeah, but what does that have to do with pleasure? Um, pleasure is an in-the-moment activity. It is, some, it is joy felt through the senses of the body. It is love felt through the senses of the body. It's the feeling of feeling good through the senses, which is what sensuality is. It's through the senses. But you actually can't even be in your senses or be in your sensuality if you're caught in constant nervous system dysregulation and looping, whether that is from an identified trauma or an unintegrated experience in the body or something just in the way. And so as you start to clear those things and give them presence, give them voice, move them, you can become more and more and more available for what's happening in the now, which is where pleasure lives. It's in the now, it's in connection. And and pleasure is really built and predicated in a large part upon safety is your body feeling safe. So my pleasure practices, I get safe. I go into a safe, beautiful part of my house where I feel completely safe to express myself. Sometimes I'll have to clear anger or old grief. So I'll take a bat and I'll, you know, hit a pillow, scream into a pillow, but like pleasurably, I love it. Yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. great to not have to suppress that. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll cry my face off because I'm exhausted and I have two young kids and I'm so overwhelmed. I can barely feel like I can barely hold it. And sometimes I'll dance like I'm the you know, sexiest person in the world and just like mm-hmm. touch my body and like feel so much joy. And at the end of the practice, I always am so much more available to myself, which when we're talking about, you know, taking charge of your sexual wellness is like, you can't be available to sexually connect with a partner unless you're really available to yourself. Like they won't, you won't be able to share the truth of where you're at or what your needs are unless you truly feel them. And this is by far my favorite practice for getting clear on like where I'm at, who I am, what I need. And then that availability to connect just becomes so much more wide and available. Oh, thank you so much for that tactile (laughs) tool. I I know a lot of people listening are big uh, fans of tools and Mm -hmm. things that they can really take in and and try and do. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have one last like bullet that I wanted to make sure we get to, and then we can just kind of shoot the shit if there's anything that we didn't get to that was on my list. Love it. Um, so one of the things, you know, when I first learned about Foria, it was actually 
in a personal capacity, not in professional, which is very interesting. It was many, many, many years ago. I was living <laughs> in California and um, I was having terrible cramps. And a friend of mine said, have you tried these weed suppositories? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And so I went to a dispensary because I had my medical. This was before it was legal in California, which is like dating the story. Um, <laughs> I had my medical marijuana card in California and went to my dispensary and got THC and CBD suppositories from Foria. Yeah. And, you know, years later now, I, I have worked with Foria and like, I just love everything that you guys are doing and, and, really everything that you are selling and and doing. And a question that I get a lot, which I wanted to pass on to you because this is where you are, is what what is the deal with CBD and sex? Like, why are we seeing CBD pop up everywhere? Why do so many Euphoria's products lean on CBD um, in, a, in a positive way? And why why should people even consider CBD in their sex life? Like what, what are the benefits? I know that was a lot. I can totally uh, repeat myself. I, I just got excited with that one. I love the excitement in the personal story. Cause I remember those days too. That was right when I joined the brand is right when we were in the THC industry, we hadn't, we probably just reached into the CBD industry at that point. Um, it's, it's interesting, right? Because we started out in the space of exploring cannabinoids and mm -hmm. hemp and cannabis is a, a plant that humans have had one of the longest histories with of all of the plant relationships we have. Hemp and, and cannabis is like thousands and thousands and thousands of years. We've, we've developed such a strong relationship with this plant that uh, it shows up in numerous cultures all around the world. It's been essential for our survival in a lot of ways for clothing and for cordage and for housing. And um, so it's a really unique plant. And the brand was founded on these principles around truly loving the earth and also loving the plant kingdom and wanting to work with plants that has that have been used for thousands and thousands of years through anecdotal evidence and of course backed by science, but really like befriending and understanding the ways that we could bring plants forward that people have always used. So that's, I mean, in a nutshell, why CBD? CBD is one of hundreds of cannabinoids that lives inside these amazing plants. And cannabinoids don't just exist inside of cannabis. They exist in many other plants in many other forms, but they're very concentrated in, into the hemp plant. So when you're looking at the medicinal impact of some of these compounds like CBD, THC, CBG, which is another cannabinoid, mm -hmm. um, we are currently working primarily with CBD, but the way that we extract is always uh, with a, it's a, a, a way to extract the other co-cannabinoids with it. So it's not the singular tiny compound of just CBD. It has other phyto compounds and co-cannabinoids with it that actually make the CBD more potent and more bioavailable for the body. And that's important because like whole, whole plant extracts, just there's so much we don't know about plants. 
And when you strip something down to just its like chemical formulation, you're really missing a lot of the magic that nature has infused into these incredible beings. Um, So we started in CBD and there's tremendous amount of studies on CBD. There's not enough, but at the same time, there's a tremendous amount of studies. And some of the things, you know, we were seeing are studies around muscle relaxing and that CBD is this incredible vasodilator, which means it can help blood flow come into areas that mean more blood flow. And it's, you know, it's been studied for pain management. It's been studied for uh, all sorts of really important components in the body, the endocannabinoid system, et cetera. And when you're looking at pleasure and arousal, as you know, like pleasure is really like lives on arousal. The more highly aroused you are, the more pleasure you're likely to be able to experience. Um, And arousal is the process of blood flow coming into the genitals, the pelvic floor, relaxing and softening. And when you get that great combo, that's when you are able to experience much higher states of sexual pleasure and satisfaction. And so it was a, a real natural and by this point, you know, obvious plant to work with in, in this capacity. Plus there's a huge, huge, huge uh, amount of cultural data around hemp and cannabis being used as an aphrodisiac. And so there was already that that was built within it. Um, there's also a ton of research and a ton of body of evidence historically that cannabis has been used for periods, period cramps. And mm. um, I forget if it's, I think it's Queen Victoria, but I I'm, might be misquoting there. Um, but that was like one of the most famous people in history to use cannabis for, for painful menstrual cramps. And so the interesting thing, like when we're talking about sexual wellness, going back to this topic of our whole conversation today is because it doesn't just include pleasure, it includes health and experiences happening in the sexual organs. Cannabis and hemp happen to be this incredible ally when it comes to sexual well-being because it's not just supporting pleasure, it can also help with discomfort and um, you know, menstrual tension and stuff like that. And so we've seen over and over again how incredible this plant is in those capacities and as we grow we continue to look at and involve other plants into our formulations like kava and cacao vanilla is another one that shows up quite a lot in ours um, because they also have very significant histories and use cases throughout the the scope of human worlds um, and benefit tremendous benefit so is there anyone who can't benefit from it? Because it sounds like it, it really can benefit everybody. There's for sure, yeah. I mean, the thing we always say is that because we're not a pharmaceutical company, you can't, you just never can guarantee the effect that a plant will have on somebody. That's why when you look at traditional medicines like Ayurveda or Chinese medicine. Um, it is medicine based on the person and the unique person's, the constructs of their body. And so while our products work for so many people, the vast majority of people, there's certainly people they don't have an impact on. 
And mm-hmm. it's not a failure of the person's body or a failure of the products, but it's actually, it's actually yeah, it's just like the fit isn't always lined up and that's how it is in the plant world. And that's great because that means there's other things that are going to work better for you. So it sounds like really the way to find that out though is to try it. Yeah, try it. I mean, and there's no harm in trying it, which is great because, you know, we're not, it's not risky. CBD is a very safe compound, medically speaking, and based on studies. Um, And we also have formulas without CBD in them. If people are CBD hesitant or someone's worried, you know, we have our arousal oil without CBD. Literally, we made it for that particular reason is because not everyone's comfortable with every plant yeah. that we work with. Oh man. Okay. What is your favorite Foria product? Mm, that's a hard question. Um, I think I use Awaken the most. Like I use it a lot with myself with self-pleasure and solo masturbation. And then I use it a lot with my partner. And what I love about Awaken is it's so specifically unique for the female body it's like it's designed to activate us and help our arousal process which is so much of the time the the case of what's getting in the way is we're just like not aroused enough to actually (laughs) reach orgasm or climax yet and so it can really help with that and sensitivity um so i love awaken it's very user friendly it's very vagina friendly and i also I think our other favorite one currently for me is our breast oil. Mm. There's not anything out there in the market like it. And, you know, most breast oils out there, they're designed to rejuvenate your breasts or to make Mm -hmm. your breasts be fuller and look a certain way. And we were like, fuck that old tired story that your breasts need to look a certain way and like be for somebody else, you know? Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, like sure. already our lives, like people look at our breasts yeah. all the time, size us up, size us down. And then yep. if you have kids, you probably, or maybe breastfeed. And if you have a partner, your partner's enjoying your breasts during sexual play. And it's like, when are your breasts for you? And that's right. literally why we made this. Um, and it's, it's made with these really, really, really beautiful botanicals. There's castor oil in there and pine and, um, Yum. violet and oh just like this beautiful array of botanicals that all have been studied for their impact on breast wellness and so under the umbrella of sexual wellness is breast wellness because it's not a sexual organ but it's it is part of your sexual experience and erogenous zone and definitely part of the reproductive body for a person with them so yeah, we. I'm obsessed with the breast oil and I use it every time I get out of the shower. It's like definitely all those wonderful things you want in a body oil, which is like nourishing and hydrating and, you know, it makes your skin feel supple and smells good, but it's also very potent and rich with, you know, botanical medicine that is good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, amazing. I... Kiana, I'm just, I'm so grateful for, for you and you being here. And just as we wrap, is there anything that you want to leave everyone with? Oh man, so many things. Um, 
No, I think we went really, I think we went really deep. Oh, you know what? I I do want to leave a piece around sexual shame because I was giving a talk the other day and someone asked such a beautiful question about they had grown up in a religious background and they felt like, you know, their midlife. And at this point they were just so far behind because of the shame of growing up and lack of connection with their body and their pleasure. And it really touched me. And the reason it touched me is because we all to varying degrees have our own version of this, whether it was because of religion or somebody in our lives telling us when we were a baby not to touch ourselves there or that our bodies were dirty or, you know, someone walking in on us and shaming us or, you know, in my case, like being seen as too sexual too early and and having some kind of like slut shame lingering. Um, And it's on, on one hand, it's really nice to know you're not alone. So no matter what your sexual shame is, know that like, we all have it. Great. Cool. That makes it a little bit easier to digest. And then the second piece is around, so what do I do with it? Which I think is really important um, because it can get in the way again of you being able to be really present and in the moment and a beautiful shame practice. If I was to just say like, here's where to start is look at yourself naked in the mirror as your daily practice for a few weeks. And it could be with your genitals. It could be not focused just on your genitals. It could be on a part of your body that you feel a particular closure or shame around, but just get in the mirror naked and listen to what comes up. Like those really kind of quiet, um, hard to catch thoughts as you look at yourself. And you'll start to hear the voice of other people in your life. You'll start to have feelings come up that uh, might surprise you. And the way to be with any of those feelings, particularly shame, because shame comes up not just as like, I feel ashamed. Shame comes up as disgust, repulsion, uh, avoidance, anger, grief. I mean, it, it can take so many different forms. So the way to be with those emotions is to really like, acknowledge them like oh wow i feel sad about this and then treat the sadness or treat the disgust as you would a companion or a friend you just listen to it you're with it you don't take it as truth and as you just let yourself feel it but not attached to it it starts to clear and it turns into something else and if you do this practice long enough and, and consistently enough the voices have so much less charge and control about what you actually believe about yourself they might still be there in your life, but they're not going to have like the great hold over you that they probably currently do just hiding out in your subconscious. Um, but I, I, yeah, I wanted to give that to people because I think that's such an important starting point for folks. Yeah. And, yeah. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Where can people find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me personally, my work, Instagram, It'll go take you to my website, but it's Kiana.reeves, K-I-A-N-A dot Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S. No relation to Keanu. <laughs> and, um, Do you and have then, to say that every time? Yeah, literally yeah. every time. <laughs> and then uh, and then Foria Wellness is uh, foriawellness.com. And also our Instagram is a really fun place to dive into education. Our blog, we have an incredible blog. Um, all of it, F-O-R-I-A. W-E-L-L-E-N-E-S-S. 
Amazing. Amazing. And all of this will be linked in the show notes as per the huge. Thank you, Kiana. I so appreciate you and the work you're doing. Me too. Mutual adoration for sure. Thank you. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. <laughs>